Hello, hello there. My name is Morning with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two E's. Today we'll be rounding off our coverage, I suppose you could use the word coverage, Correct. our coverage of the most recent Star Wars Disney Plus show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. As always, I'm accompanied by my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing grand, Murray. Hello there, I'm yes, doing grand. you could say. Correct. So I, w- I would answer you, but no one replies in this series. So oh, okay. Well, we could t- <laughs> we could say hello there. You could respond, General Kenobi. Perhaps you are a bold one. But what we're going to be covering today is we're going to be taking a, a creative approach to the, the yeah. rest of the series. We of course covered the first episode. We did. If you'd like to go and listen to that again, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Real Show. It's it's. It's steaming in popularity recently. You could go and uh, watch our first episode review of the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Correct. Um, but for now, we will continue on the rest of the series. That's six episodes in total, if I'm not mistaken. You are You are correct. And yep. Corey, as studious as he is, has got a uh, full review or a full uh, note series on, yes. the actual, uh, on the actual series itself. Yeah, I have. I have Did you six. take any for the first episode or no? I've, I've, got six, I've got six pages of notes, including the first episode. Wow, that's fantastic. So we're gonna just we're gonna jump right into it. Um, if you'll allow me to give you a quick uh, sort of commendation here, um, I have. If you actually watch our our, <laughs> our review of part one of Obi-Wan Kenobi, watch our review of, of chapter one of the Obi-Wan Kenobi story of the series um, on our YouTube channel. Uh, the first and only comment is a, a chap called Paul Bruin. Shout out to you, Paul Bruin. He says, complete garbage. Mm. So there you go. That's so that's a great recommendation, I think. I don't know whether he's calling us complete garbage or whether he's calling the series complete garbage, but that's your opinion to make, I think, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it's for show. Right. <laughs> well, hope it's the show and not us. Oh, I've got some very stern words for you, Paul Bruin, wherever you are. <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm calling you out. I'm wow. coming for you. Get ready. Right. Back to the series. Yes. And this is the much highly anticipated series, the solo series. We initially thought it would be a film, didn't we? They thought there would be a film coming out about Obi-Wan, but then it was sort of scaled back to a, I think, because, you know, 2020 rolled around, and it was scaled back to a series. Correct. More chances for more expansive stories, I feel. It's uh, TV, TV slash miniseries is kind of like that. It's just more time, because it's like six hours worth of stuff, essentially. Yes. And we love diving into Star Wars here at The Real Show. We love getting our feet and faces deep in the beautiful world of Star Wars. So, Corey, hit us off. Hit us off. Hit us off strong. Okay, what do you want? Um, whatever. Let's start with Let's start with the events. Let's start with the events of the series. Wait, so we go back into episode one? We're go back into episode two. Okay, so we're going to start with episode two. We're going to start with episode two because we covered episode one. Episode two. <clears throat> wow, he's slapping his notepad, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Ah, yes, episode two. It's been so long since I've seen it. He's this. ready. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we're Dayu. Taking, Dayu. We're taking to the city planet of Dayu. Which looks incredible. It looks incredible, yeah. Like a Hong Kong takes inspiration from the Hong Kong Chinese cities. Um, I was watching a video by Star Wars Explained. Shout out to you, Star Wars Explained. Mm. Uh, the YouTuber who says, who reads the sign, the Arabesh, the signs in Arabesh, sort of glow up signs. And you read them, and one of them just says Wampa. <laughs> Whether he's well, they're selling Wampa meat, or there's a Wampa that's working at that shop. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah, there's all kinds of signage, and it's nice to know this actually written out in words, mm. so you can translate. There's a theory that everyone in Star Wars is illiterate because no one can read Arabic, <laughs> which is funny. Oh, no one can read English. No one can read English because what, what what's called Galactic Basic in yes. um, the Star Wars galaxy, English is called Basic, um, but no one can read that because they're all reading Arabic. So. 
Did you didn't mention the Arabesh signs, did you? No. Okay. Did not. Well, there's loads of city Arabesh signs. The the girl that actually approaches the tribute here. I know this. That, you know this. The girl that approaches Obi Wan Kenobi and offers him varieties of spice yes. is who? It's it's Obi. It's Ewan McGregor's daughter. Yes, indeed. It's Ewan McGregor's actual daughter. Which now means, because uh, he wasn't Ewan's like dad or grand or yeah, uncle was, or something. His uncle, his uncle is Dennis Lawson, yeah. who played uh, Wedge Antilles <laughs> in 4, 5, and 6. Yes. So There's there's three generations of yes, the McGregor family, the McGregor family. Yeah, in Star yeah. Wars. Uh, Ewan's mum's brother, yes. uh, Dennis Lawson, his uncle played um, uh, Wedge Antilles in A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of July, and in Rise of Skywalker. There it's a cameo in there, if you remember, at the Guns <laughs> of the Falcon. So there you go. And we also have um, we also have other characters returning from um, from episode one, like the Inquisitors. They're Correct. back. It's the it's Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor, <laughs> who does who. Now, there's I mentioned in the episode in the first review yes. of our first episode. Um, I said that something happens to the Grand Inquisitor that I didn't want to give away. Yeah, and it was because that. He gets stabbed. Yeah, he's gone. He, he, yeah, spoilers, everybody. Um, spoilers, obviously, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think we should have already prefaced it. Yes. This would be by saying that, that there will be spoilers going ahead. But one thing I'd like to mention is when he was stabbed, there was there was uproar. Yeah. It was like it was like Orn Freetar. Do you want to explain Orn Freetar to you? Go for it. Um, if you watched The Bad Batch, we, yes. we reviewed we've, it, didn't we? We've covered it, yes. We watched The Bad Batch. And then the the Ryloth senator, the Twi'lek senator Orn Freetar. Oh, uh, yeah. Fats. You yes, know, yes, yes. Head, uh, you know, big, big blue tentacles. I think you were explaining uh, this in the episode. Big blue man. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think gets shot in the head. Yeah. By crosshair, and he's assumed. De- <laughs> obviously, when you shot head, you're not coming back from that. Yeah, you're gone. So shot in the head, headshot, and he's down. He's dead. Right. And everyone's like, everyone like goes, what? He's but he's alive in this book five years later. Yeah. He's alive in Lords of the Stith, which takes place on Ryloth, and he's alive in that. So everyone's like, what? He's not. Is, is he dead? Is he dead? You know. And then there's a line in, in immediately the next episode that says he was. It was an attempted yes. assassination. So we you know. And and Admiral Rampart <laughs> says, that, "Oh, Onfritar is injured, but he will make a. He's expected to make a full recovery." And I was like, "God, his head's thick." Yeah. If he survived a shot, and people saying, "Oh, maybe it was a low power blaster bolt, not because you can change the settings." Yeah. They've got stun bolts. So like stun bolt is the most non-lethal, up to full blaster power, which is like the most lethal. Maybe it's like a mid-range. You know, like a stun bolt that didn't kill him, just kind of knocked him out. Yes. You know, but I imagine getting tasered in the head isn't very nice either. It doesn't sound fun. No. If you someone's got a stun gun, I imagine that's not that's still gonna hurt you. Yeah. So But that was just the on free time. People and then someone says, uh, to think of the director of the show, maybe it was Brad Rao, I don't know, said on Twitter that he's never had so many concerned messages about on free tar. Famous Star Wars character on free tar in his life. Yeah. He's never had so many concerned messages about him. So, and there aren't many so, so many concerned videos and posts about the Grand Inquisitor saying, "Oh, is the Grand Inquisitor alive? Is the Grand Inquisitor dead? So he's been stabbed." Is so right? I was telling you before. I was looking for a tweet and I still can't find it. Someone tweeted, and it was someone who worked on the show, or maybe like a writer or something, mm-hmm. was like, "I'm not gonna reveal if the Grand Inquisitor is alive or not." And everyone's like, "He is, because he's in Rebels. He's he in is Rebels, alive." Which takes place five years later. Obviously, what he series. probably meant. Is I'm not going to reveal if you're going to see him again. Yeah, but it's yeah. like no, he is alive. We know he's alive, and because I I had this in my notes that he gets killed off, and I had mixed thoughts about this because I thought well, okay, he's in rebels. He can't. I was yeah. I was firm of the belief that he cannot be killed off. Yes, because he is in rebels, which is a, an animated series which takes place five years after the events of Kenobi. Correct. And he dies in that. Yes. So 
He cannot die here. It's impossible unless Darth Vader has gone out of his way to get another power and Grand Inquisitor <laughs> of the same species and the same guy in the same uniform. It's like, well, it's like he's just cloned him or whatever. Is he a clone? Is he a, I don't know. I, my issue is, isn't the fact that they wanted to maybe do a swerve and go, right, we're going to make Reva the main villain. It's the fact that you could have had him was, injured or yeah. impaired and not have it look... Because obviously people come back, like Darth Maul's come back, Palpatine yeah. came back, but you don't, you don't also don't see them. They, they disappear and Darth come Maul back. got cut in half. Yeah. And obviously people go, oh, but if you've got anger and revenge, you can survive. Yeah, so it keeps yeah, you alive. Yeah, no one thought of that, really, which is funny. Because that's no why Maul survived. Maul survived for like 17 years yeah. on pure <laughs> hatred for Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> You managed to survive for 17 years at the bottom of that pit or whatever yeah. in the junk planet of Lotho Minor, you know. I think if you were going to do it, just don't... There's other ways to do it. Because also, I think my issue was you're looking at the trailers and stuff and it's him. You think he's the villain. You yeah. go, oh, yes, he's here. Look at this. You and mentioned stuff. in episode one that Grand Inquisitor yes. was like more of a villain yeah. than, than Reaver does. Yes. Because he was... I prefer the person who's saying what he does and you're waiting for him in anticipation to do it. Yeah. Whereas Reaver's the... I'm just going to cut someone's hand off because... Impulsive, very yeah. angry, you know, very aggressive kind of... Um, I also said that I'd be completely fine. Um, I said this to you after the show. I'd be completely fine if the Grand Inquisitor comes back and goes on a rampage and absolutely murders everyone. Mm. Um, unfortunately, that either does also does not happen. No, it does not happen, but we do get the Grand Inquisitor back. <laughs> he does return, yeah. He does turn up in episode five, the end of episode five. Yes, he does. Because Vader <laughs> instills Reaver as the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. And we don't know what happened. We're not sure... Um, and Vader says, oh, the Grand Inquisitor means nothing. It is Kenobi that's all that matters now. Yeah. Know? And so we don't really know. There's no really other mention for him for two episodes. And then episode five, he just walks back on the scene. He the, goes, hello. <laughs> the whole, like, Grand Inquisitor thing seemed a bit weird. And the fact that she gets it, but also, like, the fifth brother wants it and he's next in line. But mm. they both mess up and she still gets it. It's a bit weird. Yeah, I think she gets it because she, she she manages to track down Kenobi to. Um, I yeah, and I also assume that. Jabin. Yeah, I also assume that. I mean, we don't know if maybe the Grand Inquisitor was in contact with Vader beforehand, and then she Vader gave it to her as a trick anyway. As a trick, yeah, probably. Well, I can imagine Vader doing that. It like, would make sense. Hey, you're Grand Inquisitor. You all right? Okay, cool. I'm just yeah. going to instill this other person just to mess with them <laughs> for a bit. So uh, I saw someone put one of those the the impractical jokers kind of meme where. Oh, is it the... The three guys are in the yeah. desk and they say, hey, hey, make her the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah. And Vader goes, you rise, Grand Inquisitor. And then they're all laughing. And it's the, and it's the Grand Inquisitor, fifth brother and fourth sister, all, all laughing. So, yeah, but we do get more than those. We do fifth brother, Sung Kang. Correct. That's only in a few episodes. Very I was going to say... Limited, like, he has a lot of screen time in the first and second one, but then he sort of doesn't appear for the rest of the... It's, again, it's weird because you're going through in the first episode and second episode, you see that him and Reva don't get along. He's treated like a big deal, sort yeah. of. And, and it's like, oh, he's he's like telling her she, you know, she's too too harsh. There's not really too... a climax. To exactly, that. nothing happens between them. In the Fortress Inquisitorius, <laughs> they just kind of bicker. And, yeah. And the last thing you see of him is him when Vader is, is sort of storms in very angrily, and you get that, and he sort of backs off. But that's all you get, really. Yeah. Nothing else of him. He's going to be in Rebels and eventually killed by Darth Maul. Yes. You know. And yeah. Then we get the fourth sister who doesn't do any thoughts or say anything. No. We can assume she's a Northland, which is what the Kit Fisto species is. Um, and she's uh, got sort of yellow uh, yellow and reddish sort of patterning, and she has the little head tails and stuff. Yeah. And there is an, inquis- there is an Inquisitor called the Fourth Sister who, who appears in the comic, but she's sewn with a helmet on, so we don't know whether it is actually her or not. Oh, okay. Or whether she gets replaced or something, but 
Anyway, that very minor role there. Yes. And the biggest role of the Inquisitors is given to Reva. Correct. Played by uh, Moses Ingram. Yes. Who's a, I'm not going to say she does a bad job. She does a very good job with the material. Uh, people drew, drew drew comparisons to sort of episode two Anakin. Sort of Anakin's sort of impulsiveness and his yeah the way he sort of lashes out is the same way that she does and puts them in the same position because of course she has that backstory with Anakin. It's revealed that she was sort of and she was at the Jedi Temple for six years. She was at the Jedi Temple and saw Anakin and then mm-hmm. survived somehow because mm-hmm. we don't even see her fleeing we just kind of see her see Anakin and then presumably he, he, he slashes and presumably but and also she's alive still well maybe she just injures maybe she I assumed that she played dead when she I think she story. did because I think she says that she had to lie with lie people with the she bodies, knew yeah and so I assume like oh Anakin was just going around killing fools and she's yeah. like oh I don't want any part of this because and also she... Darth just said do you, like, what, like, he's like did you think I wouldn't notice or something yeah which makes it sound like he knew that she was alive but he Kept her alive he kept anyway. Kept her alive, yeah. And then she sort of turned up with the Inquisitors, and he's like, "Hold on, yeah. aren't you that kid that was <laughs> was you know playing dead?" Yeah. I see you. And then and then he you know got her back. Yeah. In that great duel. So, and again, I feel like one thing I appreciate is they've handled Vader really, really well in the new canon. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do much. Very, very minimalist. Correct. But when he does, it's like this man is a beast, and this man is going to destroy everything. I have a question. Far away. So, I think it was episode four, mm-hmm. maybe, when Vader and Obi-Wan first kind of encounter. Like, when Leia's going down that tunnel and Obi-Wan knows that Vader's it's there. It's episode three, the end of okay. episode three. Um, and uh, Obi-Wan's... Which also, to mention, one slight nuisance, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, Obi-Wan draws his lightsaber for the first time yeah. and has it out and then undraws it and like two seconds later, redraws it again to fight Vader. Well, I feel like I feel like it was just a twitch. I feel like that's natural. It's just a twitch thing. Yeah, but it's know? like it's the first he time like he's drawing to, it. Yeah, but it shouldn't. I don't think it should feel epic in that way. I have a completely different view. I don't think it should feel epic. I feel like it should feel like this is an old. This is a man who hasn't been in the fight for like ten years, and he's facing his apprentice who you know hates him. Who wants to de- who wants to destroy him and burn him and everything? Mm. And he's in this sort of armored armored suit and it's very intimidating. And Obi Wan is like he's on a dime. He's like oh he's, he doesn't know he's not he's not he's been uh, detached from the Force the same way Luke was in the Last Jedi. Yeah, he's been detached from the Force for ten years and he doesn't even know if he has that uh, strength in him again. So obviously when he pulls out the lightsaber, it's not like it's not like he's whipping it out in a great epic gesture of I will face you down, Darth Vader. But he's like he's scared. It's a it's it's fear reaction. It's like whoa! He doesn't know where is where it's gonna where it's gonna come from. One thing I will say, obviously we get the encounter of mm. Vader and Obi Wan, and they have a duel, and Vader's like using one hand and being yeah. very much striking him down. First off, I don't know. I did not know how I felt about Vader and Obi Wan meeting for the first time Before here. Before. But also, one thing that I kind of wasn't uns- wasn't sure about. Visually, it was cool when Obi Wan gets his arm burned because you're like, okay, this is what Anakin felt in on Mustafar in the lava. He's drawing a comparison there. Cool, that's great. And then throughout all the other, because obviously we we see him in the back to tank and he leaves the tank and um, I forgot her name, the woman with the the holster with the ticks on it. Uh, Tala. Thank you. Um, She's like, you're not fully healed yet, and he leaves anyway. But like they never mention it again that he's got a burned arm that's not fully healed yet. Mm. I'm like. It's just been burned. I know he's nearly healed, but it's still a little yeah. bit of like movement issues or something. Um, I don't know. I liked it when I first met, but also I'm like, 
do we need to do it? I don't know. I'm half they, and half. They redeemed it in the finale, most yes. definitely. Yeah. Um, but that initial meeting did seem a bit... Most people just took it as, you know, a starter to, to the main meal, which was in the finale. Yeah. So, it was just getting things started between them. I mean, Vader's arrival, of course, in episode three was... Correct. ...fantastic, because he just strolls onto the street, and he's and he's force-choking everybody to draw everyone out. I like the, the fact that in that scene, obviously, you get Reaver and the fifth brother who are kind of checking out the place. They're hanging back. But Vader's just, he just knows where he is. He just walks. He just yeah, knows where Vader he is. Yeah, Vader knows directly where he is. He's coming in immediately. No, He just walks no off. He's like, I know, I'm off. Debate about it, exactly. <laughs> and that's what Vader's been like in canon recently. They've, as I said, they've really made Vader this sort of new intimidating monster. Yeah. I quite like that. In Fallen Order, you've played Fallen yes. Order. You don't even fight Vader. No, you don't. You run away. You run from Vader. You run away. You can't even fight him. <laughs> in fact, your... Um, his second sister who's your face in the Fallen Order yes. just gets yeah, chopped down chopped by, and killed by Vader well, people assume that's what, <laughs> what would happen to well it did happen to Reaver here yes. people assume that Vader would be the one to you know second sister as well because what happens in Fallen Order he obviously goes you have failed me Inquisitor and then he just slashes her yeah. across you know and that's it and then I, people thought the same thing would happen here it's, it was similar mm. but no again another talk about comparison to Fallen Order we do get uh, Fortress Inquisitorius on Nern. Correct. Which is the uh, water moon of Mustafar yes. in the Mustafar system. And, of course, we get Vader's castle many times. Uh, we see it when Vader is suiting up. And we also see it at the end of the series. Yes. So, I love that location. It looks great. It's the design. There's two amazing things behind the design of Vader's castle. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously called Fortress Vader. It's a Lego set, if you've got it. <laughs> um, I have. It was an Amazon exclusive. Nice. Um, but I do have Fortress Vader there. So, and it was designed to look like a tuning fork for the dark side. That's what Gareth Edwards imagined it would look like. And it was also based off concept art for The Force Awakens they had, of like yeah. a sort of Vader-themed fortress. Um, and it was also based off early designs for um, Episode Six, Return of the Jedi, where yes. the Emperor would have like a lava layer mm. instead of a layer on the second Death Star where it's sort of his sort of grand... Um, Opus Chamber. No, it had um, in Episode Six. It was designed to be like a lava, sort of underground layer below Imperial City on Coruscant. Yes. But no, it was changed in Rogue One to be more of a, a sort of a spire fortress type thing to look like a tuning fork for the dark side, where he'd attune. And it's actually in the same place that he was burned and scarred. So you know, it was kept the memory for him. That dark memory is kept there on Fortress Vader. Yes. So. Um. We mentioned her before, and I'm going to mention her again. So, episode three, mm-hmm. which I'm going to go into for a little bit. Um, uh, now, I watched episode three. I watched episode f- uh, three, four, five straight away. So, yes. I knew that episode three was people were like, this isn't good. And they were like, this is bad. This is kind of when the turning point of this series isn't great. Contention. Episode yeah. one and two were quite was, was yeah. strong. Episode three had its moments not many of the good moments but I feel like the slog was 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 a bit apparent episode three is where there's a couple times this happens in in other episodes as well there's a part where like there's some things where you're sitting there thinking that wouldn't that doesn't make sense there's a part where they meet freck Mm. right and they're on they're they're getting a ride with freck yes and on come the driver yeah and on come these stormtroopers right and these stormtroopers are like oh we're looking for a jedi and they're Mm. telling freck we're looking for a jedi and uh, freck goes oh i'm you know with the empire or whatever yeah and then Obi Wan yeah, and Leia are just sat on the back of his truck with Freck in the front, talking about how Obi Wan's a Jedi. I'm like, you just guys just told everyone he's with the Empire. Why are you talking about the fact you're a Jedi well, right Leia next to was, him? Leia was talking about it. 
Yeah, and the stormtroopers kind of stop him and go, hold on. Well, it's, it's, it's after that bit. It's when the stormtroopers gone. Oh. And they're having a conversation about how Obi Wan's this Jedi. And I'm like, yeah. why are you having that conversation? He's right there. With Freck in the front seat. <laughs> well, Freck does even say, hey, I picked up a couple of Yeah, he does. A couple of guys. You want to check them out? And the stormtroopers are like, all right. Thank yeah. You, Freck. And then they get rescued. And they get rescued. And yeah, you know, Obi Wan takes them all down. And then, uh, yeah, Tala comes in. There's a couple of times where that happens. Because a bit where Tala's in, she's in the uniform, and she's guiding yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah. And there's like all these people around her. She's telling Obi Wan, like, where are you? And it's obviously yeah. oh, security Jordan. There's this guy sitting next to him, like, can't I hear you? No, like, like obviously went, talking. Fortress Inquisitorius, she goes to like this. You know, when you go to like a library, yeah. and there's that bit in the library where there's like loads of computers. She goes to like the library computer <laughs> room of, of Fortress Inquisitorius and sits there and does a little thing. Also, I like. The continuity, as we know in in yes. Star Wars, for like for the way things look, for the way things act, for what things do, is yeah. kept up really, really well. Like you know, on their Imperial officer uniform, she has those like um, little little cylinders. Yeah, people initially didn't know what they were, but in, in Rebels, they explain their code cylinders. So they have like your clearance on stuff like that. They're like fire, they're like um, like swipe cards. Yes. So what she does is she plugs it into the computer, and it, uh, and it accesses stuff that she can access. You know, and different officers have like. Two like a, like a low-ranking officer might have one or two co-cylinders, and like where Graf, where Grand Moff Tarkin, I almost said Graf Moff Tarkin, <laughs> where Grand Moff Tarkin has like four, so he's you know he's got a lot of co-cylinders. Yeah. So it depends how many you have, and your kind of your rank and stuff like that. So, but what we have um, with Tala is another Imperial defector, which we have quite a few of uh, currently in canon, along with sort of Iden Verzio and and other prominent Imperial defectors. And she's a good character. It's her and the droid, which is called Ned, I want to say. Yeah, I like. I, I haven't written his name down. Oh, okay. I like that droid. Do you? Good droid. He's um he's a binary he's a binary load lifter. Correct. Which is meant. Which he's is, also got a hammer. He has a hammer. He has, he has a commando <laughs> droid gun. Yeah. He has a separatist E E five blaster rifle, which is what the battle droids and the commando droids use. As, which is nice to see. As soon as that droid came on, and like you see him like put his hand behind his back and grab the hammer, and like at some point he's whipping that out and he's yeah. bashing people. He's called it. Ned. He's called Ned B. There is you his go. name. Yeah, I, I liked him. He was it was good. He can't speak. No, he can't. Yeah, yeah he's he a loader droid. Yes. There we go. So that's what C three PO used to program. Maybe these are the droids that C three PO used to program. Possibly. So speaking of C three PO. Not only do we get C-3PO, we get Alderaan. Yes, we do. We get Jimmy Smits. Correct. As Senator Bail Organa. We get uh, Breha Organa as well. We get young Leia. Correct. Little Leia. Who, but by the way, amazing. What a young actress. Absolutely amazing. Um, Vivian Lyra Blair, shout out to you for really capturing not only Carrie's essence, yeah. but the essence of Le- the character of Leia as well. Again, there's a part in the first episode I think I talked about where... Um, she's sort of dressing down her cousin by Correct. saying, oh, I want... She says something along like, oh, I'm not going to... Someone like... I'm not going to talk to someone like you because you're like not much of an not much of an Organa. Yeah. And he says to her, and she comes back with a really clever sort of comeback. And I'm like, that's what that's something that, that Carrie's Leia would have said. And I really like that. So, yeah, I'm in agree. I think overall, as far as anyone in this series goes... Obviously, we didn't expect her to be in it, but uh, Stan, especially because also she's young, it's really hard to get a, a child actor who is really good, like, that good. That good, yeah, yeah. I got sort of shades of kind of Millie Bobby Brown, kind of, yeah, as well, sort of young, sort of eleven, kind of. But the fact that she's so, the fact that she's that young, but she's really good at, at capturing the feeling of the scene of working with Ewan, yeah, and 
and to, to embody that character because it can't be an easy job no. bless her for someone so young and if there's anyone that I want to come out of this series looking good it's her yes um, but speaking of what happens to her she of course is using this big plot by Reva to sort of draw out Kenobi by Correct. using Bail Organa's Kenobi's friend so get Kenobi, uh, Bail's daughter and obviously not his actual daughter but his adopted daughter and take her away so that Kenobi will follow right? and She's kidnapped by uh, by Flea. Correct. Um, who actually, his character does have a name. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know whether I. I'll, I'll tell you. His name's Vect Vect Noctru. Okay. So there you go. There's Flea's character. Um, I was just happy calling him Flea. Yeah. So he gets captured by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers and taken to Dayu. And from Dayu, we then head to Mapuzo, which is the mining planet. And from Mapuzo. We go to Jabin. There's a lot of cool, yeah, plan- a lot of nice, impressive little planet names we've got here. Uh, very impressive indeed. Then from Jabin, um, oh, it's oh, it's Jabim. It's not Jabin. I thought it was Jabin with an N. It's Jabin with an M. Oh, Mapuzo and Jabin. We do get Coruscant, we however, do. which is nice to see. We hadn't seen Coruscant since we hadn't seen the Coruscant city for some time. We'd seen the inside of the Jedi Temple, obviously, in Book of Boba Fett. We saw the Order 66 flashbacks and whatnot, but it's nice to see the Coruscant city um, on Coruscant in part five, where we see a young Anakin Skywalker, played by Hayden Christensen, uh, dueling, sparring with, if you will, with Obi Wan Kenobi. As well, in his episode two, yes. Jedi garb, you know, and Anakin's not got his robot hand. He's he's young. I feel like they they could have de-aged him. I don't know if they had technology at the time, but. They could have happily de him. He did a bit look like look a bit tired. He did a little bit. Yeah. Um, I to be fair, obviously we've added like Batman and stuff like that with mm. um, Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, connection. Yes. Where kind of like look back in the past to kind of strengthen this whole thing. I like that because obviously there's the whole part in this where like Obi-Wan's like your your aggression is your downfall because mm. Obi-Wan like, loses his lightsaber but manages to yeah. take Anakin's lightsaber instead. I like this because when you have that confrontation with Reva and Darth Vader, it's almost the opposite. Because yeah. Darth Vader's now being really slow and being really careful. Yeah. And Reva's trying to just to take him down and it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's almost like it's mirroring the whole image of Darth now. Always like, okay, I'm going to do what everyone did. I'm yeah. just going to be patient, take your weapons off of you and... Let you attack yeah. Let you attack me, which is which is what happens. Because Anakin is, you know, he's, he's fighting... Um, Fighting very strongly, using his strength. I know you're going to try to overpower him, but Obi-Wan's like sort of the quicker. Yeah. He's, he's, he's dodging, he's ducking, he's, he's blocking. You know, And that's what Vader was doing when, when Reva was trying to kill him. She gets replaced or something. But anyway, that very minor role there. Yes. And the biggest role of the Inquisitors is given to Reva. Correct. Who's played by uh, Moses Ingram. Yes. Who's a, I'm not going to say she does a bad job. She does a very good job with the material. Uh, people drew, drew drew comparisons to sort of episode two Anakin, sort of Anakin sort of impulsiveness and his yeah the way he sort of lashes out is the same way that she does and puts them in the same position because of course she has that backstory with Anakin. It's revealed that she was sort of in, she was at the Jedi Temple for sixty six. She was at the Jedi Temple and saw Anakin and then mm-hmm. survived somehow because mm-hmm. we don't even see her fleeing. We just kind of see her see Anakin and then. Presumably he, he he slashes and presumably, but and also she's alive still. Well, maybe she just injures. Maybe she. I assumed that she played dead. When she I think she story. did because I think she says that she had to lie with lie people with the she bodies, knew. Yeah, and so I assume like oh, Anakin was just going around killing fools, and she's yeah. like oh, I don't want any part of this. Because and also she, Darth just said do you, like what like he's like, did you think I wouldn't notice or something? Yeah. Which makes it sound like he knew that she was alive, but he 
kept her alive he kept anyway. Her alive, yeah. And then she sort of turned up with the Inquisitors and he's like, hold on, yeah. aren't you that kid that was, <laughs> was you know, playing dead? Yeah. I see you. And then, they, and then he, you know, got her back yeah. in that great duel. So, and again, I feel like one thing I appreciate is they've handled Vader really, really well in the new canon. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do much, very, very minimalist. Correct. But when he does, it's like this. Yeah. And you're left with that, like, almost Darth Maul-esque yes. Kenobi scream. Yeah. And it's, it's Obi-Wan, like, he doesn't say Kenobi. No, it's it? Obi-Wan, but it's very similar to the Darth Maul moment in Twin Sons where Maul screams the same thing. I guess. Um, the original actor for Vader, Sebastian Shaw is yes. his name, who played Vader in episode six, Return of the Jedi, when Luke finally removes the helmet. Yeah. And he gets that injury. He gets, as you see, um, if you look at images of Sebastian Shaw as Vader in Return of the Jedi, um, he has that sort of cut on his head. I'm looking at a picture now. He has that sort of cut on the top of his head, which we assumed was from... Mustafar, no, that's the injury that he gets in the fight, in this fight, in episode, in in part six of the show. I also... That's where he gets the injury. I also like the comparison to the later films as well, because Obi-Wan, Vader's like, I did not kill... So you did not kill Anakin, and I did. And then uh, Obi-Wan's like, when my friend is truly dead. And I think Luke says the same thing, or nearly the same, close enough. I think Luke says that my father is truly dead. Yeah. That's what he says. And it's like, you get that connection again with both of them. It's Kenobi's explanation to Luke in episode four yes. of who Vader is. Yeah, well, yeah, Kenobi doesn't tell him that. <laughs> no, he doesn't say. Because I think I think original plans were to make Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker separate people. Yeah. But that was I think that was the plan in episode four, but they changed it in episode five to make him his father. I yeah. don't think that was the plan all along. Um, but in episode four, what what's Obi-Wan says to Luke is that there was a young Jedi named Darth Vader he yes. was a pupil of mine until he turned evil helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights and then he says um, he betrayed and murdered your father that's the line Yes. So that and that is what was taken here as Anakin says you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker yeah. I did me Darth Vader you know and then the voice comes through the James Earl Jones performance comes through and more strongly than Hayden. Yeah. But he's staying still there. But you can still you hear them both in tandem. And then everyone says, then my friend is truly dead. Yes. And he calls him Darth. He does. Which is the does. first time. In episode four, he does the same thing. Yes. He says, um, he says, uh, and Vader says, now I've become, oh, sorry. Um, he says, I've been waiting for you, everyone. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left, you were but the learner. Now I am the master. Yeah. And Kenobi says, only a master of evil, Darth. You know, I love, I love that line because of how corny it sounds. <laughs> he goes, only a master of evil, Darth. Like, I, I like that. But it's the fact that he says that title and as Kenobi says it here. Yeah, it's because it's the whole, the whole thing Kenobi's been calling him Anakin all the time. Mm-hmm. And this was when he truly kind of goes, okay, you're not Anakin anymore. You're not Anakin I anymore. can now face you and I'm not afraid to do anything because and you're not who I knew. That's why Vader says because Vader loses that fight. Vader loses that fight. He does. So in episode four, <laughs> when he actually mentions it, you know, when I left you, I've got the learn that I yes. and he could he could still be talking about Mustafar, It still makes so sense. He could still be talking about any time. So yeah. And then Vader goes back and we get two great cameos of the series. <laughs> sort of cameos. We see Emperor Sheev Palpatine Correct. as played by Ian McDermott. Um with the voice, with the hood, with yeah. the makeup, with the Sith eyes, you know, you are distressed, my friend. I wonder if your feelings on this are clear. You know, doubting him and putting that seed in his mind of... Yeah. I feel like it was a question of his sort of motives, of Vader's motives. Like, he says so as well. He says it... Um, there's a great... Um, 
fan film by Star Wars Theory, YouTube Star Wars Theory, about Vader and Palpatine. And they sort of have similar shades here where Palpatine is like, you you are you are agitated, Lord Vader. I wonder if you if you can be trusted on this matter, that kind of thing. And Vader's like, no, I, Kenobi <laughs> is... Because he thinks Kenobi, um, he has to sort of disregard him. Yeah. And even in Rebels, um, Vader says... Um, the Palpatine says that Ahsoka could lead them to other lost Jedi, and Vader says, such as Kenobi. Yes. And Palpatine goes, perhaps if he lives. You know, like, like he doesn't really care. Yeah. Like Palpatine has very little care for, for Obi-Wan. So, which of course he would do, because he's the Emperor and whatever. Correct. And it's said in the novel, in a certain point of view, which actually tells stories of sort of characters from episode four. Um, Pal- there's a story that revolves around Palpatine when Vader says that, hey, you know, I killed Obi-Wan, but when I killed him, he sort of disappeared. Yeah. And Palpatine was a bit frightened by that because he didn't know what that meant. He didn't know what that meant. He didn't know, you know, if, if Obi-Wan had become more powerful than he could possibly imagine. Yes. You know, by, by becoming one with the Force, right? And then after we get that wonderful Palpatine scene, which made me pop, I was like, <laughs> yes, you know, because we heard that Palpatine, that Ian McDonough had done voice work or done yeah. work for something, and we assumed it was for the Bad Batch season two because Palpatine's going to be in that as well. Correct. But we now know that he also did work for Kenobi, which is which is great to know. And a little hologram of the Emperor there. I think that was the right scene to to put Vader back on his path to episode yeah. four, right? or at least to Rogue One, right? And then we have Liam Neeson. Correct. Qui-Gon Jinn, tell me you didn't pop for that. Oh, I popped Corey. for tell Qui-Gon me Jinn. You were, you were excited, because I know you're a big Qui-Gon fan. I'm a big Qui-Gon fan. I know you're a big fan of Qui-Gon Jinn. Tell me your your reaction. Last scene of the show. I mean, tell me your reaction. I was waiting for it. I thought, I thought... They teased it across the series. I, I didn't think they were going to do it. I had no idea. I'd, I'd stayed off Twitter all morning, yeah. and I'd, I'd sat down on uh, Wednesday to watch it, and I didn't know that. I didn't think they'd do it because they kept teasing it. They were like, Kenobi would turn to the shadows and go, oh, Master Qui-Gon, I need your guidance, Master. Where yeah. are you, Master Qui-Gon? You know, because that's what Yoda said in episode three. He's going to teach him to commune with... Yes. The Force goes to Qui-Gon Jinn, but we never see it until no. now. Yeah, I mean, I I saw it. I thought, okay, we're good because I thought you're going for the whole whole thing, every single episode, essentially. He's asking for him no, no reply, no response, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I, I think I said it in the first Obi-Wan thing, but I reckon what's going to happen is it's going to... Qui-Gon would appear at the end when Obi-Wan doesn't need him anymore because then Obi-Wan now knows what to do. Qui-Gon doesn't want to help him. He just wants to go, you've done it on your own now. Now you know what to do. Now we can move on. Which is essentially what happens. Qui-Gon goes, you, you, um, I was always here, yes. but you could never see me. Yes. Or, um, you were not ready to see, yes. is what he says. Um, and he's, he's just mm. told him to keep walking, essentially. He's just like, right. come on, we've got more stuff to do. Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Some people, and I googled this, and I found the answer very quickly. So pe- people can just Google stuff. It's great. People are like this is breaking canon because Qui Gon can't be a Force Ghost because he didn't complete his Force Ghost training. If you literally Google it, it says he completed it after he died. Yeah, <laughs> it's like good. There you go. So there we go. Because <laughs> like it's probably it's not the first time he's appeared as a Force Ghost, and it just says he's completed after he no, died. No, no, he appeared in the Clone Wars. He appeared yes. in the Mortis arc. We don't know whether the Mortis was just a figment of the imagination or whatever. But yeah, we did see a, a Force Ghost Qui Gon in that as well. Yeah. By Liam as well, so. And it was just like, yeah, he just he just did after he died. Yeah, exactly. And they go now he's a force ghost. He can do yeah. that kind of thing. But Liam Neeson's—I thought you were going to say Liam Neeson's actual reason for doing it. Oh no, no, he wasn't credited. Oh, was he not? He was no, he was uncredited. Oh, okay. I did I did look at the credits and see who was uncredited for the role. Um, but I popped. It was great to see Liam Neeson back yes. as Qui Gon. He he said before that he'd only ever do it for a film. So obviously he was talked around somehow. Yeah. Um, 
but he told the Hollywood Reporter on his decision to return, he said, and I quote, I won't do an impression, he said, um, <laughs> I certainly didn't want anyone else playing Qui-Gon Jinn, and I wanted to show my respect for George Lucas and that mythical world he created. Plus, Ewan McGregor is a real pal, and I loved working with him during The Phantom Menace 25 years ago. Correct. So there you go. Returning to the franchise is Liam Neeson. Maybe just for that cameo yeah. on Jim. But it was I mean, it, it was the right thing to do and it was the thing that really put the cap on the series. There is, and I don't know if this is true, I don't know if it's because I've been confirmed, there is rumours that Kenobi's getting a second series and that mm. things had to change in the end. So maybe he'll be more Force Ghost in yeah, season we'll two. Yeah, we'll see more of him later. Potentially. Oh, it was changed from a series to season. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like a Moonlight thing. Coming, yeah. Where Moonlight's like, no, it's one one thing, and then at the end, it, stuff kept changing. Like, ah, so maybe there's more. So maybe we don't know. There's been rumours of sort of Asherod Het from Legends, which is sort of the Tusken Raider Jedi slash Sith. Yes. Um, I definitely don't want any more Lair. I feel like her series is, is, is done, really. I think so, yeah. I don't want any more Lair, any more of that. Um, it, it feels like if it is a second series, it's going to go more towards uh, maybe Obi-Wan Luke. Because you see him meeting at the end. I know this is. Weaver is let go, so yeah. Weaver doesn't end up dying in this series. No. People would have thought she would have died. I know Obi-Wan says he's going he's gonna to stand his distance for so it's Obi-Wan, isn't it? Yeah. Like he's not. <laughs> he's still, so we, still around. So it could be possible. It could be. I hope it's Obi-Wan sort of facing Luke's threat from afar, kind of how we yeah. did with Maul, where Maul turns up in Star Wars Rebels and he goes, you're here protecting someone. And then that's when that's when Obi-Wan gets the lightsaber out and then it's dual time. Yes. You know, it's Obi-Wan protecting Luke from afar. Like I, see, could, I could easily see Ashrod Het from uh, Legends coming back and sort of threatening Luke with his Tusken Raider attacks. And it's Obi-Wan that puts the foot down and, and steps in on, on Luke's behalf to defend him. Yeah. And I could see that happening very easily. So, as far as the finale goes, correct, very strong indeed. Yeah. Um, everyone's hailing the finale, sort of the the best episode of the series, and what we get definitely lives up to the the reputation. But have we discussed giving the entire series a real rating? Uh, I have an idea. Right. Okay. Of. Did we cover all your notes, Corey? Was there anything I more think you want to pretty much mention? Oh. Yeah, one thing I will mention, we mentioned this in the first episode when it came to this, is that obviously we know the fates of most of his characters. We know everyone doesn't die, we know Leia doesn't die, we know Luke doesn't die. Vader doesn't die. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of stuff in this of how do you create threats, and they did that because you had other people. Mm. Uh, Harja was around. Yeah. I really liked Harja. I don't know if there's any one person who did, but I really liked Harja. What, Kumail Nanjiani? Yeah, yeah. we talked about Harja, who's the Jedi sort of imposter. Um, the droid dies, mm. and Tar- yeah, it's Tarly in it. Tarly, yeah. Yeah, she dies. Tarly and Ned, yeah, do 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 perish in the battle. One thing beam. I didn't like is the fact that Harja drops Obi Wan's like communicator. Yeah. And then like Reva picks it up, but I don't think she ever uses it. Uh, what the 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 hollow? Yeah. Drops. Does she use it? Um, did I miss that, or did she just pick it up? I don't know if I saw her use it or not. Who's who's communicator? Because Obi Wan gives it to Harja. He gives. Yes. When they press the lightsaber, and then Harja drops it, running onto the ship. Yeah, yeah. And then Reva picks it up, mm. but I don't think it gets used. I think, I think, doesn't it play the the, the message from Bail Organa? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it might have done. She's stabbed. She's stabbed by Vader. Yes. Vader and the Grand Inquisitor leave, and she's sort of on the ground, sort of you know near death, and yeah. she turns the communicator on, and it's uh, and it's Bail Organa saying, you know. The boy, the Tatooine, the, the boy on Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it uh, does. And. And then she goes, ah, I must go to Tatooine to, you know, she goes, he goes, we must protect the, the children, that kind of thing. So, and then that's when Reva turns up on Tatooine. Yes. With, we've not mentioned them, uh, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Piercy as True. Owen and Baru. Correct. Who, 
might as well steal the finale because yeah. I really I know Bonnie Piaget's done some things in her real life that she doesn't really act anymore now um, but it was great to see her step back into the role as Baru I feel like she's still the sort of Baru from A New Hope and she did a great job in Attack of the Clones and a great job in this as well Joel Edgerton who's really expanded his career now hasn't he than he was in 2002 I want to say yeah um, for Attack of the Clones and they're great and Deborah Chow said one of the things she really loved about this series is working with Joel Edgerton as um, Owen because you really see why George Lucas cast him as this young man because he really does it well he's like you know you're going to stay off my farm Obi-Wan Kenobi like you trained his father you know yeah. that's and that's become a line now for for people sort of Owen's um, remarks against Ben has been really great and you see why but I want to sort of know more of that divide if we do season two i want more owen and brew yeah to know why sort of owen hates him so much in a new hope why like oh that wizard is just a crazy old man you know you're gonna stay off the noon sea luke yeah that kind of thing and why luke sort of describes obi-wan as this sort of old hermit who lives out yeah in the yeah because they because at the end of kenobi they kind of well they have a bit of a respect moment because everyone mm-hmm. says you were right i'll you know, i'll leave the boy or whatever and then mm-hmm. owen's like do you want to meet him and then we see the hello there, and yeah. he's like with Luke and stuff. So presumably, that's if, if everyone does stay away, that's the only time they meet until they meet again. Yeah. But then that doesn't also seem like. <laughs> that no, because it seems like, well, s- like Luke would remember that. Like, oh, yeah. that old man that came up to me and said hello there once. Yeah. You know. But also, at that point, Owen seems to be somewhat okay with him. At okay, that point. yeah, when he, where in episode four, he does, he's not yeah. really. Episode four, he's like, oh, <laughs> as you said, he calls him a crazy old man and says whatever. Oh, well, that's because of the script of episode four was drastically changed when Alec Guinness came on board. Yes. And Alec Guinness said, I'm not playing this. Because everyone was initially sort of like a weird, crazy yes. wizard kind of guy who was, you know, quite kooky and quite off the ball. And then it was Alec Guinness who came in and said, no, I'm changing this. Yeah. I'm Alec Guinness, you know, one of the most respected British actors <laughs> at the time. And I was in Dr. Zivago and I'm changing the dialogue. Because he said, um, there's a great um, interview by... Uh, I'm going to see if I can find it here. Go for it. Where Alec Guinness talks about his involvement in episodes. Here we go. Yeah, it's by... Um, is that his name? Michael Parkinson? Uh, the, the the talk show host. Um, and he sa- Alec Guinness says that the... He had to make some changes because he wanted Obi-Wan to be more of the sort of the wise sage character yeah. rather than the sort of, you know kooky crazy wizard but but however some of the early dialogue is still the same so it's still in the desert that kind of thing yeah where obi-wan is more of the more of the distinguished sort of uh, hmm yes you must do what you feel is right of course you know that kind of thing the more of the esteemed kind of In fact, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need yours first, please. Mine's high, right? Because I, I think first toast is really good. Third is meh. Fourth one's fourth There's one's a... not great either. No. And then fifth and sixth pick it back up. Right. I would go. That's the majority good though. I would go six. An, That's four out of six. An eight or an eight point five. Right. Maybe. I'm gonna hit it with. I'd I'd love to give it sort of a, I know we only do an eight point I know we only do point five we don't do other points it's a point we, five we've done point seven fives before have we yeah you have I don't think I have but you have I swear I've not given anything a point seven five you have right near the start oh right okay. yeah yeah well now I imagine our rating system is fluctuates between 
one to ten. Yeah. And ten being the highest. Yes. And you're allowed a point five. Yeah. I don't know whether I do a point seven five. I wouldn't do a point seven five now. Yeah. We've kind of more solidified that rate what our rating system is. I will give it a nine. Okay. If you're gonna go point eight five. Yeah, I'll go eight five. I'll give it a nine. That makes sense. Um it's not gonna get that nine point five. No. I'm sorry, it's not it's not that uh it doesn't blow me away that much. Um, but it's given it, it can be great, it can be great moments, it can be real good stuff to see in live action, like the Grand Inquisitor, the Fifth Brother, and Fort Inquisitorias, and all that kind of thing. It still keeps in line with the Star Wars canon. I feel like a second season would be cool to see more of an expanse on, you know, the yeah. breakup between Owen and Obi Wan. Um, more action on, I'm not supposed to, I'm sure be really asking for more action on Tatooine. No. You have flipping. 2,000 action scenes on Tatooine. I mean... You know, hello, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, uh, there could also be stuff because there's a new Fallen Order coming out that's set at the same time this is. Yeah. So there could be uh, maybe a Cal Kestis in, in season cameo? two. I'd Possibly. like to see that, you know. Um, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see more of um, Obi-Wan whipping out the lightsaber. True. Well, I'd love to see Ashrod Het if he manages to get him in, in canon. I'd like that as well. Um, strange thing because they're on... They're on Tatooine. We got Jowls. We didn't get Tusken Raiders. True. We nice to see some Tusken Raiders, apart from just I mentioned by Owen. It was nice yeah. to see some Tusken Raiders on Tatooine, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, Ashrod Het is a big Tusken sort of villain, so nice to see him turn up in, in season two as well. I don't think we'll get any more again. Cause I know no. They sort of planned more for the film, but never happened probably because of Rebels, and it sort of directly contradicts <laughs> the fact that Obi-Wan does kill more on Tatooine in Star Wars Rebels. Yes. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm so glad that was made. Because I don't want more ham-fisted into anything anymore. Yeah. Kind of just do it where it's natural. You know, like with the Crimson Dawn in Solo, that kind of thing, where you can sort of build on it. Tell how does he get to this point where, you know, they find him on Malachor in, in the yeah. finale of Rebel Season 2. But I'm going to give it a 9. Okay. The, uh, shout out to Deborah Chow for the great direction across the series. Um, one last thing. Yeah. Are you familiar with Joby Harold? No. As a, as a writer, a teleplay writer? Nope. No, well, uh, he he wrote this. Okay. Um, one of his other the credits is um, one of our one of our favorite films here at the Real Show. Oh God! It's, you know, I'm going to say, don't you? <sighs> Joby yeah. Arnold's also credited for Army of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> just saying, just saying, just going to throw that out there. All right. Um. Either someone helped him, or he managed to pick up uh, some yeah. kind of skill over the first few um, <laughs> over the past few years of writing. Because I don't think um, Only the Dead not our favourite. It wasn't uh, great. Not our favourite film. Let's call no. it that. Um, he's also currently credited for writing the the Flash film in 2023, which probably isn't going to come out because we found out that Ezra Miller isn't actually that great of <laughs> a person. And Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, Great. which is the Beast Formers, um, the romp with Ron Perlman. I feel like he's just going right back down again. The Beast Wars, yeah, <laughs> writing the Beast Wars film. Hey, I'll, no, I'm looking forward to the Beast Wars Transformers film. Hey, the Flash maybe not so much. Yeah, but um, apparently he also wrote the the King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Great Guy Ritchie um, outlet. <laughs> so a great, great writing credit. Yep. <laughs> great writing credits there. I just wanted to do that. just a little, just a little, uh, little nugget there at the end. Correct. What was that tweet you were going to say? Because before we started recording, it was it was thing. tweet of a guy saying that he's not going to reveal it for Grand Inquisitors. Oh right, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's like we know he is. Don't don't. Of course not. Don't, and don't I don't know why Jason Isaacs didn't step back into the role. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, true. 
Maybe we'll find that out. True, one. true. But who knows? But we hope you enjoyed our review of Obon Kenobi. We'll come to you next week uh, with more, I think, Marvel perhaps. Uh, yeah. Something else, a bit of Marvel, with Disney Plus, we don't know. But whatever happens, we'll be happy for it. So may the force be with you. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye.